Women, you are the queens of our nation, the mother of our home, the pride of our children, a light always left on. You are refined in your ways, a woman of substance, substantially phased by her everyday conscience. A conscience to live in a way that uplifts not just her home, but the home of her brethren, styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, faith. Bring your ears closer now and your mind will explode and be inspired by the words of Cover Mode. Assalamu alaikum, I'm Rashan Isaacs and this is Cover Mode where we put the spotlight on Islamic and modest fashion and style. Through my role as country manager of the Islamic Fashion and Design Council, I have had the honor of meeting amazing, talented creatives and business minds. One such person is Romana Bint Abu Bakr, CEO and founder of Orte Elan, who recently opened a multi-brand modest fashion boutique in Chelsea in the heart of the fashion district in London. The boutique includes a selection of worldwide designers featuring elegant Muslim modest fashion from contemporary collections to traditional abayas, colorful hijabs, quality scarves and a range of jewelry. Orti Elan is an established online platform that provides premium modest fashion from emerging global designers. With the opening of the boutique, Orte Elan aims to provide a comfortable place where Muslim residents in London and visitors alike can shop and try out new outfits. Joining me online all the way in London is CEO and founder of Orte Elan, Romana Bint Abu Bakr. Assalamu alaikum, Romana. Waalaikumsalam, Roshan. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. I mean, we've been discussing or chatting via WhatsApp, and it's so nice to finally hear your voice. Thank you, the same, very much. So, Orte Elan started as an online store which launched in 2013. Um, London-based, Orte Elan aims to be the great, the global destination for modest fashion. And you have over 150 leading designer labels available in that unique online boutique. And then Orte Elan also caters to the Muslim women worldwide and successfully raised 1 million US dollars in seed funding and launched Modlist, Modlist, Sorry, to bring modest fashion into the mainstream. Now, let's start with the creation of Hotel and Romana. Um, what prompted the initiative to create a modest fashion online store? Yes, um, so I believe that when we looked at the market back in um, early 2012, um, there wasn't, at that point, there were just some really early starters in the modest fashion space. We thought that they didn't really represent what all women were looking for, um, a lot of them were really targeting the very lower priced um, kind of everyday pieces that people would wear, so the inner hijab caps or, um, you know, the souk type platforms. There was right. nothing that really catered for kind of really stylish, elegant um, designers and new emerging designers also. A lot of the platforms were big mass-produced factory products, and we felt that there, there needed to be somewhere 
that newer emerging designers could access and reach this, this global consumer market that was growing at such a rapid pace. And we all know how fast the Muslim market is, is growing at, and so much so that, you know, it said that in, in 2030, one in every three people in the world will be a Muslim. But we thought, well, actually, even more than the Muslim community around the world, modest fashion is, is really taking off, as we saw across the catwalks. People were wanting to wear um, Valentino gowns in, in longer sleeves and longer lengths. And, and pretty much every designer from around the world has moved collections in that way. So we felt that, that actually potentially modesty is a revolution in fashion. Mm-hmm. We're not just catering for the Muslim client alone, and, and we're very clear about that. We really want us to be a very inclusive platform that any woman around the world can come to and, and hopefully dress slightly more modestly or elegantly as we equate it. And, and how many designers did you start off with online? Yeah, so interesting. I mean, we, I think we only had um, three or four um, wow. in the really early days, and it took us a really long time, actually, to grow that. Um, because naturally, as, as anyone in, in technology will know, um, it's really tough in the digital space to grow, to grow traffic consistently, to get the right clientele, to get the right target market to come. It's one of the toughest businesses mm-hmm. um, in, in technology in itself. So it, it's taken us a long time to really establish um, the right traffic, the right kind of how, but we've been working really hard at that, building our team in that space. Um, and now, yeah, we are up to 190 brands this wow. week, actually. Mashallah. So, yeah, really growing, alhamdulillah. And I call it about 20 brands per month in this coming period. We've ramped up our team, so we're now a team of 15. So, alhamdulillah, we're, we're really growing. Um, we're also based in the same space that the new boutique is, so we're upstairs on the top floor. So when people come and see us, you know, please do um, let us know and come and meet the team. It's, it's lovely for us to get to know our customers, to understand what people are looking for, and, and to really that really helps us to to focus and tailor the product more towards the clients that we're wishing to serve. Well, describe the boutique for us, because uh, hopefully you can give us a nice aerial view on, on YouTube or online somewhere as well. <laughs> so for those Absolutely. of us who are planning to come to London, we have a feel or an idea of what the store really looks like. Definitely. So as of now, when you arrive onto King's Road, you come off of Main King's Road and you'll come onto Old Church Street. Mm-hmm. It's buzzer operated, so just to let you know, press the buzzer and then we'll let you in. When you enter, it's a really beautiful 1,500-square-foot space all on one floor. Um, it's, it's a really lovely space catering to a range of collections. So we have some of the younger emerging designers for some of the more established designers. Collections from beautiful scarves from some of our top designers like Sadat, um, Noor Saab, um, from Turkey, right through to um, Abayas from Ab Collection, which many people know, mm-hmm. to um, Inaya, who's joining us um, soon and also a very famous designer, through to slightly higher-end collections such as Runway Bahrain, which is joining us in the next couple of weeks. We're also actually curating some designers from around the um, Indian world as well. So you see some of the designers like the Rohit Bal. We feel that a lot of these Indo-Western designs are also very modest, and that's our goal is to be really culturally neutral and, and really present modest fashion that is, is available for anybody, whoever you are, whatever culture you come from, whatever background you come from. And really encompassing all four corners of the globe. Exactly. Some would say that's um, bad marketing because you're not targeting a niche, but, but I would <laughs> say that for me it is Islam. Islam mm-hmm. is so all-inclusive, it's all-encompassing. It includes everyone in every way, shape, and form, and, and I wanted us to represent that in our platform, and I think that's where you see our platform is quite different from others. There is no, there's no tone of 
particular direction. It's just, it's all about aesthetic. If you have strong style, it's a very clean, um, aesthetically led site, but there is no cultural direction to it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with most people moving from a physical space to the online space, you move from the online to the physical space, hosting both an online and a physical boutique. Why create the physical boutique? Yeah, so we see that actually trends in retail um, and, and e-commerce are that people do want a more multi-channel experience. People want to be able to experience their brands firsthand, and that's how to maintain, we believe, a long-standing brand. So around the world, our goal is in key cities, for example, um, in Saudi Arabia, in, in, in Dubai, in South Africa, we will be looking at expanding and, and growing multi-brand boutiques in each of these countries that represent the brand. We think it's also a great place, a hub for our brands to come into, um, for them to enjoy and experience each other's companies that become the community spirit, um, such as we had at our launch event, but also for emerging brands. Many people need to touch and feel them before they can really gain the confidence and the trust of those brands. So it allows us to have that, that first-hand experience for people and, and collect feedback, really, on the collections. And, and how is the selection of the designers for the boutiques decided? So for us, we have an application system. Designers apply to us, and, and on the whole, we're getting the applications in every day from designers around the world. But we also do go out, our buying team do look out for new brands and, and look to curate those. So it's really both ways. Um, it is it is based on certain criteria being met, such as quality of imagery has to be really strong, or um, the quality of pieces, or there should be some some traction um, because we are a more established platform and we really want to support brands that have already some recognized um, success, whether it's very small. Um, And then, of course, we're very keen on supporting them and helping them to grow out their brands. Lovely. And uh, and you, you say you've, you've already got such a number of designers on board. With the boutique being, um, you know, one floor at the moment, is there room to grow? Uh, and how many designers would you, are you able to cope with at any given time? Yes, mashallah, that's one of the things actually. <laughs> we were so surprised at how quickly it filled up when we popped in some wow. and it was completely full. So we thought, wow, that, that went really fast. And how many people keep coming into London? London's such a fantastic central base. And saying, oh, we really want to have our pieces showcased here. Inshallah, we'll be having the famous designer from New York Fashion Week, um, Anissa Hasebon, yes. coming on mm-hmm. too. So we're getting more and more of these designers um, every day just because we're such a central base. So um, inshallah, absolutely, you know, our, it, it really is about, about the customers and about everyone else. If people could come and could see the boutique and could give us their feedback, to tell us what they love, to tell us what they want to see more of. And inshallah, with that, with that success, with the power of our community, um, and then inshallah, we'll be able to grow it and expand it. But really, it is about the power of the community and, and, and people presenting us their desires and their feedback and coming in and seeing and, and, and ultimately shopping or telling their friends about the, the platform and, and the space. So it's really, we really want to grow, but it really is going to be demand-led. <laughs> and then for family and friends um, in South Africa that are visiting London, and, and in fact, we have so many family and friends who are already staying in London, where do we find you? Where exactly is the shop? Absolutely. So if you come along King's Road, which everyone will know, and past the main fire station, you'll see there's the Odeon Cinema, and you'll take a left, and that's Old Church Street. So it's just off that Old Church Street. When you walk a little bit down, you'll see a gate and a buzzer called Modlist. And you click on the Modlist buzzer, and that will allow us to let you in and come and see it. 
Brilliant, wonderful. And then for those of us who are not going to be traveling soon, we can go to autoelands.com if we want to order Absolutely. anything, right? And it's worldwide, exactly. so we can order from anywhere in the world. Absolutely, anywhere in the world. And to also remember that for us, you know, we believe that with, with success comes great responsibility. So for every purchase that anybody makes around the world on our platform, we give one pound into our Women Collective, which is a fund that invests in women-led enterprises. So we already built on our second floor when you come over and see our space. And any women-led enterprises um, or women-heavy enterprises, when they're into London, please do come and see the space. It's a beautiful co-working space we've created with tailored facilities for women from a beauty box to really well thought out aesthetics. So it's a space you can use, you can network, you can hire, borrow even meeting rooms, oh, event space. So it's just a support what a very creative space. A very creative use of space. And uh, you, you mentioned now as well, if you've got a beauty bar as well, um, it's not only clothing, if I'm correct. No, absolutely. Not just clothing. We have some beautiful accessories. And yes, again, um, Zimanda, the beauty bar, will be launching very soon. So when you're in London and you're looking for somewhere to do your um, little cosmetics, do come on by. You can book an appointment with us and join us here and, and do that while shopping. Wonderful. We even have an on-site nursery, so oh. you can even bring your kids, and there's lots of space for them. Now, that's thoughtful. Day. That is thoughtful. You, it, it just I'm, shows it's a woman who's running this business. She understands. <laughs> a woman with a baby on the teeth. <laughs> that explains that. That is wonderful. And, and I mean, even for visitors, we, we often, I mean, I often, whenever I go to London, we have our babies in prams and... One on the arm. It's it's nice to know that there's a place that can keep them occupied too while we shop. Absolutely. Lovely. Exactly. And, exactly. And what was the initial response from the community um, uh, regarding Autelan as a whole? It's been so amazing. Whenever I travel, so I, people from Asia through to India through to Europe, they hear about us, they know about us. People around the world seem to really recognize the brand. So people love it. People seem to love the aesthetic that we create. What we're really working on now is refining the collections. Um, what we're getting is feedback is that more people would like to see more affordable collections. Um, so affordable and day wear and affordable evening collections. So that's really interesting for us. And we're tailoring, therefore, our platforms towards it. And you'll see, therefore, we launched Modelist, which brings ah, yes. Zara, Unico, Mango, ASOS, so more targeting the everyday wear. And then Autoland, which will eventually um, move to be slightly more higher end and premium. So that's how we will eventually distinguish those platforms. Okay, so tell us then more about Modelist and, and how that came about. Yeah, so again, like all the feedback we were getting from the market was we absolutely love Waterland, we love your style, we love the aesthetic that's creating, but the price point is too high. And also many of the bloggers and influencers who we all know make this market, mm -hmm. they were uh, posting and talking about Zara or H&M or their day-to-day -day pieces that they wear every day. And these are the pieces and products that they're, they're, they love. So what people really wanted is a place that they could also find modest fashion without having to go to 10 different websites, to 10 different high street stores, and also without having to then spend hours on each of those individual sites, having to look through all those stringy tops and short skirts just yeah. to find the modest pieces. So that's where we created Modlet. So it's a very social influencer-led platform. We're building really strong recommendation engines on that platform that will make it smarter and quicker for people to be able to find what they want. It will understand you from your Google Chrome habits, from your shopping habits. 
and give you suggestions that are more tailored to you so that you're spending a lot less time searching. Because we believe that the economy of the internet is changing from an economy of pull to an economy of push. You no longer will go and search for things you want. The internet will push to you the things that you require or that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So Modlist would then be the more affordable range and then uh, Alan um, would be the, the high end. Exactly. That's eventually how we'll, we'll split them. And as you see now, when we just launched um, this week the instant hijab from Malaysia, the big, very famous brand, Nailifa Hijab, yeah. of the famous actress Nailifa. So that's a really fantastic um, product. It's just a really easy, keep it right on, and takes two seconds to, to put. Now, people have actually gone crazy about this brand. It's, mashallah, been selling out in every mm-hmm. color, you know, um, and it's very cheap. It's priced at twelve ninety nine. Now, currently, that's just that Otilan because it's an emerging brand rather than a mainstream brand. But eventually, is we move all of the um, price point sensitive products onto modelists that will move on to modelists as well. Although, as I said, at the moment, um, products like that are, are selling on Autoland and selling very well on Autoland. And uh, obviously, the affordable, the, the modelists, would, there's a majority of people who are looking for more affordable uh, clothing as well. And then with your high end, um, although it's a smaller community, um, there is a, it's a growing community. Would you agree? Yes, exactly. And that's exactly where the dilemma that we came to. Frankly, what had happened is when we went for investment, we had decided that the market traction was just too slow on Autoland. We um, have really worked so hard to build what we have Autoland. And, and frankly, it has been really tough for us because the customers haven't been coming as fast as they should have. And we've seen other platforms in the modest fashion space grow a lot faster and really scale. And we have a couple of problems. We sit in the UK, which is obviously not a Muslim country, so it's very hard for us from a funding perspective. People don't get the Muslim market. Despite it, they say they do. They really don't understand the stats. Whereas our competitors sit in you know, Indonesia and Turkey in very Muslim-orientated markets. So yes. People get it. People understand it. So for us, getting funding was really, um, really tough and a very long struggle. Um, secondly, because we focused on a slightly higher end of product, it meant that these are products that people, uh, we need to find the more niche clientele or people are only going to buy once a year. And we were not seeing purchasing as much as we would need to to sustain ourselves for our growth. And therefore, our plan was actually to shut Autoland down and build Modlist entirely out of what we've created um, with the traffic and, and the global interest, but, but really move everything to be affordable. Um, however, one of our investors um, is, a, is a global ex-partner, Steve Jobs, and you know he sat with us and he said, um, as Steve Jobs would say, let the flowers blossom. You don't know which will blossom. And, and they're actually both a beautiful, beautiful platform. So keep them both and let's run them, let's test them and let's see because actually it could be that what we've built is the Netaporte of modest fashion, which is Okinawa, and then the ASOS of modest fashion, which is um, modelers. So maybe we've actually created two, two major platforms and they'll take, Okinawa will take slightly longer because we, we need to find that specific client who's looking for something different, who's looking for something more interesting and is willing to spend a little bit more for that quality or for that artisan handwork or that tailored story, that ethical yes. story. And, and actually, frankly, I think Muslims are becoming more purpose-led. They want to buy brands that have a story because they understand that it's not just about you know, us praying or the outward displays of our religion. It's about what we eat. It's about where the food comes from. It's about what we dress, where the, where the clothes come from. And I think that's becoming more and more important to people as they understand and awareness is coming um, of our faith. 
So, um, you know, we know that most of those international brands, they, they pay their laborers really, really low prices, pretty much like two pounds for a working day right. or even a working week in some cases. But our Otelan brands, you know, they're working with tailors to pay, to have specific tailors, to look after those tailors, or give, giving business to our numerous tailors. So they're really, it's really about supporting the community for our um, younger and emerging brands. And a lot of them really, they struggle because their price point is higher, but they don't want to compromise on that um, that purpose and that, that, that background and the ethics behind the brand. Well, I love the support you give as well. And then also just the intrinsic value of what you give to anyone that, that is associated with Autelan. It really, um, you, Thank you, you. <laughs> um, I'm going no, to ask, really, I'm saying, I just pray. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to ask you more about, you know, the kind of customer and div- like, you know, your diverse customer and finding that quality in luxurious garments as well. Um, just hold on for us. We're going to take a quick break and we'll continue this conversation after then. Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, and faith. This is Cover Mode. Hello and welcome. I'm Rashan Isaacs and you're listening to Cover, Cover Mode on Voice of the Cape radio station 91.3 FM. Or if you're listening via live stream, that's www.vocfm.co.za. And I have on the line with me all the way from London, Romana Bint Abu Bakr. Um, Assalamu alaikum and welcome back, Romana. Thank you very much. Romana, we were just chatting about, you know, um, catering to a diverse group of people. Where the customers that you find, whether online or at the boutique, are they mostly Muslim or do you find that, you know, modest wear really transcends across culture, age um, and, uh, and religion? Yes, so interestingly, um, whilst Otolan has been catering slightly more towards the culturally um, sensitive, more like the Muslim community. We do certainly see certain collections, like burkinis, for example, they were selling very well across all cultures. Um, scarves and accessories and many of the other pieces, again, lots of different cultures, even some abaya selling as kimonos, etc. So it's certainly a very good mix. Um, however, with modelists, what we've seen is more and more people um, approaching that platform are from absolutely any community and just interested in modest fashion, so even wider. Um, actually, you know, one of the focus groups that we've done have said to us that you know, these are just this normal working professional woman from, from, from Britain who's just come across the platform and love it and, um, and really enjoy to just look at the different collections and find things that are, you know, modest and curated for modesty. So absolutely, certainly not specifically for the Muslim community. And do you see yourself uh, going further than Chelsea and opening up another boutique elsewhere within London or UK and then globally? Or are you looking at franchising? Absolutely. So uh, definitely it is um, certainly in our, our model and our plan. And I think once we get to um, a certain stage, franchising is certainly something that we're also very interested in. We have ex- excellent relationships with all of our brands and are, are able to curate um, really well. So I think that's 
certainly a way for us to be able to offer more of the designers, especially because they're emerging designers, um, capacity to grow internationally. Um, and within London, we've also identified certain key locations that we'd really like to expand in, and then maybe that we'll, we would do that in certain areas with, with certain more brands that are more suitable for that community. So again, very much in, in our plan and timeline. And um, as I mentioned, internationally is, is really in, interesting for us. So we're really looking at the Saudi market, the um, United Arab Emirates market, and the South African market. It's really, really interesting markets that we're looking at to grow in. Wonderful. Well, I, the South African market, I can tell you, is huge. We love our modest wear and we are such a diverse, uh, you know, background, uh, the country as a whole, that I'm sure it will be greatly appreciated. And um, we have so many designers as well that, um, you know, would probably are waiting for this kind of opportunity. Um, we have smaller boutiques and those sorts of things, but nothing that caters to, you know, your high end or your luxury uh, garments or, or of quality. However, um, obviously, we'd also look at the more affordable because of our very diverse <laughs> pockets. <laughs> um, yeah. And I guess that's also what one can expect anywhere in the world. In terms of quality and luxury, how easy is it to find designers that cater to that demand? That's what's interesting for us. We actually see that there are so many designers, so many of our designers. Rodiva Couture is a great example. Mm-hmm. She's been on our platform for about a year and has some beautiful collections. Her, her collections are really um, convertible, so they convert from modest to homeware very quickly. Um, you can unzip the sleeves and then you've got a sleeveless dress for you at home with your husband and you can unzip this, the bottom part of the skirt so it becomes a shorter skirt when you're in the house. But it's very easy oh, wow. to zip up. Fantastic collections like that. Um, and they have performed really well um, in terms of feedback in, um, in in the GCC, for example, and at our alleged fashion shows. But really the target consumer market for that, because every piece is, is tailored by a, um, a you know professional tailor, it's beautiful. If you look at the design and the detail, it's fantastic. The price point is, is circa 250 to £300 per item, so it's not cheap. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a premium product. We do see that there are lots of designers catering for that. Another designer we've got, which recently launched is the same as Amira B. The problem that we're actually seeing is that Muslim women are not prepared to pay for um, those slightly more premium collections. So we're not seeing a problem from the, the, the supply, yes. but we're seeing a problem from the demand. And that's actually where our struggle has been. Um, you know, when we, when we talk to some Muslim women, you know, they're looking for a party dress, they'll, they'll go to a Ted Baker and quite easily spend four or five hundred pounds mm-hmm. on a dress. Whereas spending £250 on a new emerging modest fashion designer is, is really um, out of the question in many many cases. So that's where we're, we're slightly challenged. And um, I think it will change, but I think it will just take some time. And mm-hmm. um, like with any brand, it takes time for a brand to establish itself. And again, I think it's also that touch and feel, hopefully, in having the boutique, allowing people to come and see the collections when you try them on and you see them in person. You really see the quality of them, which maybe cannot be translated well enough for these emerging brands that are at a slightly higher price point. You know, people will take a risk and buy a five or ten pound item very easily online because it doesn't really matter if it's not exactly as you hope. But you might not take that risk for a three hundred pound item. But it's sort of the same challenge we face here that many of our consumers don't quite understand the process or that a, that a 
uh, that a garment goes through um, to be created or the quality or the fabric that is being bought and how much all of that sort of thing costs. And when you're working with smaller designers, it's also they're not working at retail demand. They're working at um, at smaller, you know, smaller capacities um, and it's affording their seamstress. It's working in a small, uh, smaller space, and many of our of our consumers don't quite understand that it takes a lot more. And we're not buying all our things from the cheapest uh, fabric store either. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and there's, this, there's a comparable I always give. There's you know many um, the scholars in the shield talk about when we're eating. You know, it is not just about um, okay, yes, we eat one third and we, we drink one third and we keep one third empty, but it is not just about, you know, eating in that way. It's also what are we eating? Where yeah. is that food coming from? Mm-hmm. Where is it grown from? How how is that coming? Because that will impact us, that will impact the energy that we, we, we have in our body. Everything that we wear um, also which is why we play the R before we, we wear clothes. And it impacts us, it impacts our soul, it impacts our spirit, it impacts our journey in Islam. And, and we have to remember that as Muslims, that it isn't all these outward details that matter, but it is also someone sometimes thinking inwardly about these smaller things that we may mm-hmm. overlook. Let's try to, to think more, I think, as Muslims, and that's what I, I try to think about. And, and I think it is, it's, it's a problem for all of us. We, we, these are things that we're ingrained with. We've always had, you know, the big mark consensus and big shops that just produce mass product and really just wear them because that was what we did. But now, alhamdulillah, we have the choice. And for those of us who are blessed with slightly more option because we maybe can spend a little bit more, <laughs> then, then it's our responsibility to take that extra time to think. And, and do you think perhaps that our Muslim consumer also has never been exposed to um, designers that cater to that uh, luxurious quality sort of product. They've always gone to someone who could make it, like a dressmaker, someone around the corner, and so it was easier for them just to get material and have someone make it. So they're expecting to, expecting to pay the same, where now that the market is sort of overwhelmed with the amount of quality and, you know, the the amazing designers and talent and creators that we have now that it's why we're paying double or triple the amount that I would pay the dressmaker. It's the comparison between a dressmaker and a designer that has uh, that takes the, the, the time and the quality to actually process um, what they're creating. It is a very good point, absolutely. And, um, and it's the professional skill that, yes. that designer puts into creating that garment, which we cannot replicate to that level. And, um, and I absolutely, I think that certainly, certainly must have a big part to play in that. And, and I think, again, over time that will change as people are getting busier, we have less time on our hands, and therefore we need to take services that help us. And I think that using the services of a great designer um, in the modest fashion space is something that will help us, that is good for us. And you've kind of also helped in, in, in sort of facing us or moving us to the right direction. And if, if um, the way that you've positioned yourself in terms of catering to that market and showcasing designers that are, are doing, you know, professional and, and quality, um, using quality fabrics as well, um, you're basically opening up the the door and saying we have this we are capable of producing the best of the best and 
slowly, like you said, slowly but surely, our consumer will realize that we too have the ability to um, produce and to cater and to demand the kind of price tag we put um, on the clothes. Absolutely. And inshallah, I really hope that to be the case because our goal is never to be um, somewhere that just stops anywhere yeah. in the pieces. We really do want to maintain that quality control so that you know that the products that you get from us are of a certain standard. Um, I mean, another really good example is we have the, what's been going crazy around the world is the magnetic hijab pins recently. <laughs> yes. And they are fantastic, right? Because, I mean, I, my mother is the biggest testament to it. She, she will <laughs> just love them in every single color. And since we've had them, people have just got wearing pins. They've been fantastic because you don't damage your scars. Yes. They stay in the home. But there's a quality issue with some of them. So some of them are not um, strong enough, actually. And, and therefore, what we've been doing is we've been saying to consumers that we, if we had a batch that came through and we've been sending out double of them and saying, actually, we're also reordering a stronger batch because we're not happy with them. And so when we get them, we'll be replenishing. So for us, it's really important that every product our customer gets, they know that we've thought about, we care about, we care about how they feel about mm-hmm. it, we care about that it, it lasts them um and and this is really important because it's not about just just sending out hundreds of packages just and not caring after it. it's a responsibility that we have to our customers and, and you know and i really want people to to understand that this, this is why it, it takes us a lot longer to build what we're building and and to, to to forgive us you know that we haven't been able to 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 cater as much um and as quickly as we'd like to to the global consumer that we are trying Alhamdulillah, you 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 certainly have proved uh, to be a wonderful success. Alhamdulillah, um, we've been looking at you from around the globe, and uh, I know that a lot of South Africans are following Hortelan as well. But just so that for those that have have never heard of Hortelan, Hortelan, please could you share with us your social media handles as well as your website? Absolutely. So the website is just Ozelan, which is H-A-U-T-E-L-A-N-E-L-A-N.com. And our social media is on at, all at Ozelan, one word, H-A-U-T-E-L-A-N. And you can follow Modlist if you like the more contemporary um, collections as well. So that's modlist.co on Instagram and on the website, just .co, not with an M. Okay. All right. And then it's been a pleasure talking to you, Ramana. May the Almighty grant you continued success, inshallah. And I uh, will be keeping my eye out and perhaps we'll have you back on here with your worldwide uh, boutique. Inshallah. <laughs> um, I mean, thank you very much for having me. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you and I look forward to more discussion. Inshallah. I mean, assalamu alaikum to you. Wa alaikum assalam. Wonderful. For family and friends in London, drop by the Ortelan Modest Fashion Boutique in Chelsea, London for some fabulous items. For those of us in other parts of the world, visit Orti, that is dash, elan.com for some online shopping. And yes, it's been another amazing season covering the Modest Fashion Emporium, Modest Fashion on the Runway, Islamic Fashion Design Council. We had their representatives here as well, Mohamed Rawut and Rushda Bihardin, who joined me as my co-host during this season as well. I'll be on a break and I'll pick up on the next season of Cover Mode in November. From me, Rashan Isaacs, I bid you wassalam for now and hope you have yourself a fabulous week ahead. Take care. Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, and faith. This is Cover Mode.